The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And you're listening into the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. And today we are going to be previewing the Thursday night primetime matchup for the New York Giants. They're going to be facing the New England Patriots, who they've created a bit of a pseudo rivalry with them in this game ultimately has a lot of implications on it for the Giants as they're hoping to get their feet back underneath them after falling to the Minnesota Vikings. It's going to be a bit of a tall task considering the New England Patriots are already 5-0 on the season and the Giants are currently decimated by injuries on the offensive side of the ball. So like we typically do in these preview episodes, we're going to discuss the offensive game plan and the defensive game plan as well. Going into this first point here is that this defense is considered to be one of the best in the league, but they've played some pretty marginal talent and some of the worst teams in the league. How legitimate are they, Chris? Honestly, I'm not sure we can know. They play really fundamentally sound defense because, well, this is a Bill Belichick team. They are going to be well coached. They're going to know their assignments. They're going to do their jobs. But when you play teams like the Jets, the Dolphins, the Redskins, and even the Steelers, they're going to make your defense look pretty good. Yeah, The Giants defense has some issues, and they look pretty damn good against Washington. So it's a little tough to know just how legit the Patriots are on defense. But at least on paper, they're first in points, giving up less than a touchdown per game, first in yards, first in pass defense, and third in rush defense. They slipped there a little bit. Yeah, there's some speculation here that this defense has the potential to be one of the best all time, considering how they look on paper from the numbers they've put up. But like you said, Chris, you can't really put a ton of stock into their performances because of the weak offenses that they were playing. Now, the Steelers obviously had Big Ben when they played him, and the Bills are a better offense in this league compared to the other opponents that they had. That does not mean, though, they should take them lightly. This is a very good team from top to bottom. They have a lot of very good veteran players and a very, very good secondary led by Stephon Gilmore. A lot of playmakers, a lot of great players. Overall, they can dominate and take over a game against pretty much any opponent. Yeah, yeah. I've been a fan of Stephen Gilmore for basically since he came out of South Carolina. I really like him. The McCourty twins are, they're getting up there in age, but they're still good, solid, just smart, sound football players. 
And even looking or even taking the offenses they have played into consideration, the numbers they have put up are impressive. You know, they've got 24 sacks on the season, 11 interceptions, and 44 passes defensed. Getting your hands on and then bringing down a quarter of the getting your hands on 44 passes and then coming away with 11 of them, that is a really good ratio. That happens to be the best in the league right now. So the Giants have to at least be careful with the ball. A lot of these other position groups are very good too. Their defensive line doesn't really have any scary names on it, but still they're able to get after the quarterback and they're able to make plays, especially with the new addition of Chase Winovich, who's a rookie that was drafted out of Michigan. Linebacker is probably one of the best units in the NFL, Jamie Collins, uh, Kyle Van Noy, and Donta Hightower being very, very good players as well. And then you obviously alluded to and named everyone in that secondary that is worth knowing. Just a very, very talented defense. So while you want to question their legitimacy, you can't really do that considering how good this team is. No, you can't. And nobody can ever afford to take the New England Patriots lightly. This team might not have a whole lot of stars, although if Winovich keeps playing the way he has, he might be headed that way, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Jamie Collins is, he's not getting talked about in the same breath and same sentence as Shaquille Barrett or you know, the other guys in that conversation, but he is kind of quietly in the very Patriots way, having one hell of a year for himself. So this next discussion point is a bit of a two-parter. Because last week we saw a struggling offense against a very, very good defense. And we just spoke about and praised how good this defense is. How do you prevent what happened against the Vikings from happening again? Because if you could argue that this defense is even better. So if they come out and they don't adjust anything in their decision-making, in their game plan, it could be another very, very long day for Daniel Jones. Honestly, I'm not quite sure because this is a short week and in these games the teams really have to just lean on the fundamentals of their defense or sorry the fundamentals of their offense you can't really go throwing in new wrinkles and things you've never really tried before just have to go back to basics and try to execute those as well as you can hopefully the giants receivers can get a little bit more separation they can run their routes a little bit better Hopefully Daniel Jones can make a bit better decisions. Hopefully the Giants coaching staff will maybe recognize some blitzes when they're there for everybody to see. But other than that, it's just really just a matter of everybody executing and then hoping for the best. Yeah, execution is going to be very, very key and being very keen on the fundamentals. And the reason why I said this was a two-parter was because them being able to come out and play well this week is going to be a very difficult task because there's a very good shot that there's no Evan Ingram. It's very likely that there's no Saquon Barkley. Very likely there's no Sterling Shepard. And it's very likely that there's no Wayne Goleman. There have been no additions at the running back position, so this team continues to get thinner and thinner when it comes to offensive weapons that can help and contribute. So the way that they can really combat that and maybe help themselves out here is just trying to keep things simple, trying to scheme things so it's not overtly complicated and stressing to Daniel Jones that if he's not 100% confident in an option that he has to throw the ball, he needs to just get rid of the ball, not take a sack, and not force the ball into a tight area because 
the first few weeks it was able to work was able to work in throwing the ball into some some tight areas and getting away with those things because they were playing lesser quality secondaries. That is not going to work this week because especially it did not work last week against another very good secondary. The Giants are just going to be at a talent disadvantage this week. Again, because of the short week, maybe if they had had a normal length week, maybe Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley could play. That doesn't seem likely, at least at this point. Those guys were listed as, I believe, limited participants in a jog through. The Giants might hope they can play. They might make it a uh, maybe a game time decision because it's not like they have to travel real far to get from New Jersey to Foxborough. Maybe test them and warm up, see how they feel. But that would be, I think, a little bit of a risk to play guys you're not 100% sure about who you're depending on to be real big major contributors for the rest of the year on a short week in a game you're probably not going to win anyway. If it was me making the decision, I'd just say, take it easy and we'll get you ready for next week. Take advantage of the 10 days off. To wrap up the offensive game plan and the approach, what do you think needs to be their approach to this game offensively? What do you think that they need to do overall if they want to have a productive day and potentially win this football game? Well, th- this is something I th- think we both agreed on, is figure out some way to run the ball. The last two times the Giants have played the actually the last since Daniel Jones has taken over defenses have really sold out to take the run away from the Giants and they scored 17 offensive points against Washington they scored 10 points against Minnesota we don't want them to keep tracking in that direction I went through and watched what the Bills did on offense and defense to hold New England to 16 points and score 10 of their own both of which are compared to everybody else outstanding accomplishments the only thing I could come away from is maybe try to get the inside zone runs working for them so they could get those combo blocks, get the double teams, and just try to go up the middle. But also, I don't think Frank Gore is going to be suiting up for the Giants either. And then in the passing game, maybe try to manufacture some separation, use things like bunch sets, stack the receivers, uh, run mesh concepts, make like Washington State and run mesh concepts every single play. They're really tough to defend. They're great at getting somebody open. Use that. We already know it's in the Giants offense. So at least try to do things like that. Don't make it complicated, but at least try to get your guys some room to work. The first big thing that you pointed out was establishing some type of a run game. And it was very difficult this past Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, and it's going to be even harder without a lead back with legitimate experience as a running back. It's probably going to be Eli Penny and John Hilleman again taking most of the workload. But sticking to that inside zone concept like you pointed out could benefit them in just trying to get some yards that way. It seems that this defense was beat on the run and they were opposing teams were able to get some decent running days. Uh, the last two games against the Redskins and the Bills, they allowed over 100 yards rushing. So trying to get some picking up some yards that way and not forcing Daniel Jones to throw the ball 38 times will be very helpful to him. The other thing that I think is very important is helping Daniel Jones by getting the ball out quickly. They have a very relentless pass rush. They don't really have any crazy big name guys here, but we alluded to the stats that they've racked up because over time that secondary 
is able to generate some sacks for them because there is no one to throw the ball to. So they're eventually able to keep fighting. They have high motors, and they're eventually going to get there at some point. Bo- at some point, they're going to track down Daniel Jones if they let him. So he can't hold on the ball too long. He just needs to get it out. He needs to throw it away if that option isn't there. And he also needs to be very, very careful when he chooses to escape the pocket as well. Yeah, and I would just add, I hope the Giants don't give in to the temptation to run the read option and try to use Daniel Jones as their to generate their running game. Because, yeah, that might help slow down the Patriots' pass rush, but Jones has already taken quite a few hits. They don't need to be putting him in a particularly vulnerable situation. All right, now we're going to be taking a very quick commercial break before we move on to discussing the defensive game plan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Defensively, the Giants are going to also have a very difficult task considering they're facing one of the best quarterbacks and arguably the best quarterback of all time to play in the National Football League. And the most notable thing is the one thing that this offense in Bill Belichick is notorious for, which is being very dink and dunk West Coast style of of short passing concepts, a lot of slants, uh, a lot of drag routes, trying to pick up yards after the catch, but just beating you by chunk plays, by gradually just fighting every single play and chipping away, chipping away, and working yourself down the field, chewing up a lot of offensive play clock. Chris, how do you beat this approach? How can you come out and have a competitive game and slow them down? I think the first thing would be to, and this is something else we agreed on, lean into what the Giants' secondary does best, and that's particularly Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Baker. Play some press coverage. Let them be physical with the Patriots receivers. Let them knock them off their routes and really get into their hip pockets and be sticky. Most of the Giants' sacks, like the Patriots, have come when they've had good coverage and been able to just be relentless. And the Giants' secondary is at its best when it's allowed to be aggressive and really stick to receivers. So just lean into that to start with. Press coverage is definitely going to be very, very key in this game, considering they have really one super talented receiver being Josh Gordon. No one else I really think is that talented that they can beat press that easily. Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Baker, both much better in press coverage. So just jamming guys at the line of scrimmage, not allowing them to get free releases, just absolutely disrupting the timing of these passing concepts will be very, very key because it essentially, this offense operates on timing, things working efficiently, guys getting open quickly, and Tom Brady being able to get the ball out. If that doesn't happen, we've seen Tom Brady take some hits. He's also taken some sacks. He's also made a couple questionable uh, decisions when throwing the football as well. Yeah, now, of course, getting pressure on Brady is easier said than done. He is just so smart. He's seen everything the NFL has to offer already, and he knows how to beat it. 
the one good thing I suppose we could say is that the Patriots' offensive line is beat up. They're missing their starting left tackle. They're starting Marshall Newhouse at left tackle right now. They've got injuries elsewhere. Hopefully the Giants' defensive front can take advantage of that. Yeah, Having Dante Skarnecchia as your offensive line coach is a pretty good equalizer. But the Patriots are still reaching down into their depth chart. So hopefully the Giants can take advantage of that. One of the key things here is obviously the fact that they have one of the best players of all time, again, i.e. Tom Brady being that person. And I think that the, one of the keys to stopping him, and which you said is, is generating pressure. And it's not easy to do that because he's so smart. He knows how to properly read a defense and to evaluate what's coming at him because he has so much experience in this league. But we've seen at times when he is pressured and when you send some blitzes, especially against a weaker offensive line than they've had in the past few years, that he cannot really escape it. He's not athletic and mobile enough at the age of 42 to get away from pressure, to get away from a linebacker bearing down on him just because he's not athletic enough. Now, if he has the option to get the ball out quickly, he's going to do so and he's going to take a hit. He's not afraid of it at all. He's not afraid of contact. They just need to be very smart in dialing up blitzes and creating some pressure that way. Yeah, and I think, like you said, being smart about it is the right way to phrase that because blitzing is always a risk we is always a risk reward strategy for a defense because if you're sending an extra rusher, extra two rushers in a blitz, that's that many fewer guys who can be in coverage. And with a passing attack like New England, having guys in coverage, especially being able to cover that short and intermediate area over the middle, is a great way of slowing their passing attack down. But that's tougher to do when you are sending those guys on blitzes. Also, this is going to be a little bit familiar for the Giants because the Patriots actually run a lot of very similar position groups as we just saw with the Minnesota Vikings. The Giants had a little bit of a tough time dealing with that. So that, I think, will be an interesting kind of chess match to watch. We ended up hitting on one of the keys to victory here, but what what else do you really think needs to be in their approach to this game defensively? I think really, if you it all starts when you're going to beat the New England Patriots, it's about beating Tom Brady. As long as he is comfortable and in rhythm to deliver the ball on time, he is going to find a way to move the ball downfield and put it in the end zone. The Giants secondary might have a tough time matching up with Josh Gordon. He is a physical freak. Philip Dorsett is finally living up to, I think, kind of what people expected from him when the Colts drafted him a few years ago. He's got, he still has that long speed. And if the Giants give him a free release, that will hurt them. But it basically all comes back to upsetting, upsetting that timing and forcing Brady to move, forcing him off of his spot, and forcing him to just get rid of the ball or rush through his process. If they can't do that, I'm not quite sure what else there there is that they can do. A sub point that goes in line with this is just being aware of where the running backs are on passing plays. They love to use their running backs in passing situations. Um you know, just as a check down, as a simple wheel route, maybe an angle route, something just a a quick dump off if Tom Brady has no options to. But they'll also scheme them 
into the passing concepts and have deliberate throws to them, including with screens. So just constantly be aware of where they're going. They're a very running back-centric offense in the passing game, more than most teams are, and they have a plethora of guys that they can use, being James White, Sony Michelle, and Brandon Bolden. Also, Rex Burkhead can be thrown in there as well. So any of them can come in, catch the ball out of the backfield, make a play. You might think you've covered every single person and you've done a great job. You've generated that pressure. All it takes is one of those guys to come sneaking out of the backfield, grab a ball, and he gets a first down on a you know a third and ten. Yeah, definitely. And you know, like I said before about this being kind of a similar situation to what the Giants saw against Minnesota, the Patriots run very little. 11 personnel, that's uh, three receivers, one tight end, one running back. In fact, they almost never use a tight end anymore, which is a huge switch from when they had Rob Gronkowski. I think they were hoping to run an 11 personnel or 10 personnel offense, you know, three or four receiver offense. And that seemed to be the way they were going when they had Antonio Brown, but um, that more or less blew up in their faces. Now they run, they actually run more two back sets than they do three receiver sets. You know, they run 21, that's two back, one tight end, 28% of the time. That's one of the highest in the league. They run 20 personnel, which is two running back, no tight ends, 16%, which I believe is the highest rate of that in the NFL. So the Patriots, just by virtue of their Personnel packages and alignments are going to put a lot of pressure on the Giants linebackers. They're going to be asking David Mayo, Alec Ogletree, and Tay Davis if they are indeed back to be covering these running backs out of the backfield. And that's going to be tricky for the Giants. Going to be a tricky day for them overall, considering the amount of things that they have to deal with in trying to defeat the New England Patriots, who are one of the few remaining undefeated teams in the league that's gonna be it from us folks you can catch us right after the game about an hour or so after the game giving you our quick takes and our gut reactions from it you can catch the game on fox kickoff is set for 8 20 and the game is gonna be played in massachusetts at gillette stadium be sure to subscribe rate and review wherever you're listening to us and also follow us on social media at big blue view uh, you can also follow Chris and I at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E, and at Raptor M-K-I-I for Chris. Also follow the Big Blue View Instagram at, at Big underscore Blue underscore View. Thank you for tuning in, folks. 